I did a presentation actually for the IGD last week and it was talking about winning hearts and baskets. <laughs> so, you know, people want to connect with the businesses that they are operating with, particularly if they're going to have an ongoing relationship with us. So, you know, hopefully in life you only ever connect with us in co-op funeral once uh, when unfortunately a loved one might die. But with food, you sh- will hopefully be connecting with us you know a number of times a week mm-hmm. so if you're going to spend and invest that amount of time with us as a business coming to our stores or buying online then you know you need to be happy that, that brand reflects what you care about mm-hmm. i think it's being true to do your dna of your business can't you can't create something out of nothing i was incredibly lucky when sat down and started the journey on how we were going to define what the one co-op customer proposition was that we had the heritage of 175 years the challenge was was to make it relevant for the next 175 years welcome to content talks brought to you by river sounds where we talk about how to get the best out of your content marketing investment in this episode we talk about the importance of building brand purpose and how to create a brand halo We were lucky enough to have Ali Jones, Chief Customer Officer of Carp Food, join us for a discussion about the importance of building brand purpose. Ali gave us some great advice about how to create a brand halo and create better, more authentic content. Ali Jones, the Chief Customer Officer at the Co-op. Ali, welcome. How are you? Very good, thank you. Good, good. Thank you very much for coming. You're very welcome. So I think to start with, it'll be really interesting for our listeners um, to hear a little bit of your background and, and sort of your experience and how you've got to, to where you are today. Yeah, great. Uh, so I've been fortunate to work in retail and sort of consumer industries for the last uh, Many years, I won't say how many, many, that'll give away my age. Um, but um, they've been mainly focused in the fashion and general merchandise area. So I've worked with for lots of amazing, famous brands like Marks and Spencers, Next, the Arcadia Group, and uh, a long stint at Debenhams, um, you know, the fabulous department store. Plus, I've had a brilliant experience of working in the US and in Australia. Uh, I was in Australia three years ago working for the Woolworths Group. And what that's allowed me to do is to really understand, you know, consumer behaviors and consumer trends and how we connect with them. And I was incredibly lucky early on when I was at Next to work in fledgling e-commerce and home shopping. So really understanding the power of customer data and how we use that data to really connect with customers and connect with with the brands and the customers together. So uh, I've been really fortunate and and I'm so excited to be at the co-op. I've been with them nearly two years uh, my first opportunity to work uh, in food convenience, uh, funerals and insurance. And it's a, it's a brilliant business and I'm so loving it. Fantastic. There's, there's quite a broad spectrum of, of services, obviously, Carp offer. Do you have one that you gravitate towards the most? Um, at the moment, I've been spending a lot of time working in the food division as it is the, the largest part of the business. Um, but um, I think what's incredibly powerful about the co-op is the power of the one brand. Um, and what the combination of the business units and our members can actually do. So um, I'm spending more and more time working with the funerals and the insurance team as uh, as days progress. Fantastic. Um, so firstly, I really need to congratulate the business and, and yourself um, on the recent profit announcements. So it was recently reported that Co-op Foods' underlying operating profits rose 50% 
to 120 million as it notched up its se- uh, 22nd consecutive quarter for like for like growth in food, which is obviously a fantastic performance. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about co-op and, and how co-op got to where it is now and yeah. its heritage? Yeah. So it is our 175th birthday this year, wow. which is pretty impressive. And um, we started back in Rochdale up in the, the northwest where a group of what are known now as the Rochdale Pioneers came together to launch a small food store um, which allowed um, the people in Rochdale to get access to quality food at good prices. They could see that there was a real inequality in terms of food. But what was fundamentally different about their approach to others was that not only did they sell this amazing quality food at great prices, but upstairs in the store they ran um, classes to educate people of Rochdale in terms of reading and writing. So from the very beginning, it was about how commerce can also do good. And those values have been fundamental throughout the whole of the 175 years of co-op. And that whole cooperative movement of people coming together and the business being owned by the members so that everybody gets an equal share of the benefit of the cooperative had led to the whole global cooperative movement being created. We were the first co-op. There are co-ops now across the world, some called co-ops, some called other brand names, depending on that business. And so we were able to diversify into lots of other businesses like insurance, farming, funerals, travel, healthcare, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think a lot of people who are listening today will know that about five, six years ago, we had some challenges. Um, I don't think we need to go into the detail of those challenges So we had to do quite a lot of consolidation and sort of repositioning of the businesses. So we are now left, as I said earlier, with our insurance business, our funerals business and our food business. However, the values that underpin the co-op have remained throughout the 175 years. And really what I've been doing, and I know we'll probably talk a lot more about through this podcast, is what those values are and why they are so relevant for people today and, you know, our customers of the future. Absolutely. And we will get into that very shortly. So, you know, specifically about the food division in the co-op, who do you think are co-op's main competitors? Um, I think in the broadest sense, anybody who sells any sort of food (laughs) is a competitor. Uh, But obviously, our nearest competitors are the other convenience um, players, uh, of which obviously Sainsbury's Local, Tesco's Express, um, you know, Waitrose, some of the smaller M&S stores fall, fall into the, fall into the competition. Mm-hmm. But we're really thinking about, um, our broader missions. And so, uh, we really focus on that convenience top up shop. Uh, we really focus on meal for tonight and meal for tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. And then also food to go. And so when you're looking in the food to go market, are you popping in for your breakfast in the morning before you go to work or on the school run or before you start your day or your lunchtime sort of, you know, sandwich or salad? You then start to compete with those other um, on-demand service restaurants that you see, whether that be a Pret or an Eat or just the local cafe. So we have to, to make sure we can continue with the 23rd, 24th and 25th consecutive quarter of growth, we've got to think broader about our competitive set. Absolutely. And not just the obvious ones. So, you know, with the convenience stores becoming more and more dynamic and and more and more coming up, um, it must be hard for customers to differentiate. Um, So how do you respond to that? Obviously, Co-op's got a very strong sense of community and, and togetherness. Um, but how do you respond to, to, to the uh, difficulty of, of differentiating between the, the um, brands? 
We we look at it in, in two levels. It's the um, the rational uh, consideration as well as the emotional consideration, and I think that's what customers are looking for mm. uh, from businesses and organisations that they're uh, willing to be involved in, or, or you know, you know, part money with for those services or products. So, from a more rational perspective, our investment in the quality of our food, the quality of our service the layout of our stores, the position of our stores um, and uh, the other brands that we stock as well as our own co-op brand is fundamental. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we've been investing a lot of money on that and really understanding who our core customer is and making sure we have those products and services to address their missions mm-hmm. um, is really, really important. And our whole strategy is about being close to the customer and really understanding who they want and, and, uh, and what they want from us. The emotional connection comes in part from the quality of our products and um, we take um, our sourcing credentials and the way we buy our products and bring them to customers incredibly seriously. So we are the only British grocer to sell 100% British meat. Now, a lot of people will claim that and that's on the fresh protein that you buy from Mm -hmm. the fridges. However, in all our co-op branded products, the cooked meat as well as the Raw meat is 100% British. Wow. So whether that be a quiche Lorraine, whether that be our sandwiches or just you know, some great chicken fillets to, to make a stir fry with, it is 100% British. And it's not just because British meat is brilliant quality, but we are now supporting those British farmers and the communities that rely on those farms. And that's where that link through to community uh, becomes mm. more more important, as you, as you mentioned. Our values around sustainability, our values around giving back to the local community, all those things build up to create something that is totally unique within the grocery and convenience market. Yeah, yeah. So you have a real sense of integrity. Yeah. And I suppose you're constantly portraying this integrity from the brand and, and to your customers. So in what ways does content help to to portray that oh. integrity? Content is fundamental. Um as consumers today, more so than any other time in history, we are bombarded with lots and lots of messages. And when you're trying to talk about a really delicious meal at a really great price that's convenient to buy and explain about uh, what we do in the community, uh, our sustainability, you know, the fact that our meat is British, that is a incredibly difficult task to get into traditional broadcast media. Mm-hmm. So we have to be more than a broadcast brand. We have to have engaging content and engaging experiential activity so that we can tell the story. Mm. And using content that we work with you guys on is fundamental in actually doing that. But the content needs to be tailored to what the customer is looking for at that Mm. time. So whether that be telling them some information or getting them excited about an amazing recipe to show food quality or show how easy it is to make delicious food, you have to be uh, really agile about making sure that content is relevant. Mm. Absolutely. Um, So do you think the brand value really matters to the customer? I think it's mattering more and more, definitely. Mm. Mm -hmm. the millennials just to use the phrase, and obviously Generation Z or Generation Z, as somebody said to me the other day. Mm. You know, they they care about the future. I mean, you, it's so topical to be doing this conversation today, and you think about you know Greta Thunberg and what she's been doing. Mm. I think there's a brilliant Facebook post that you know a year and a month ago she sat alone outside her government's offices with the placard, yeah. and you know a month and a year later there are millions of people you know boycotting work or school. 
um, to, to to protest around. You know, we need to recognise the damage that we are doing Absolutely. and the impact it's going to have on the future. So people really, really care. But we can't just be sustainable. We can't just have values. Mm. We've still got to have those functional price, quality and value. They have to work hand in hand. Absolutely. And I suppose it's about explaining that relationship yeah. to the customers. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the, the the topic that we're discussing today is essentially about a brand halo. So what is a, a brand halo and, and what is the effect that it has I think it's about people really understanding you on an emotional connection. It's winning that it, we, we, I did a presentation actually for the IGD last week and it was talking about winning hearts and baskets. <laughs> so, you know, people want to connect with the businesses that they are operating with, particularly if they're going to have an ongoing relationship with us. So, you know, hopefully in life, you only ever connect with us in co-op funeral once uh, when unfortunately a loved one might die. But with food, you sh- will hopefully be connecting with us, you know, a number of times a week. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to spend and invest that amount of time with us as a business coming to our stores or buying online, then, you know, you need to be happy that that brand reflects what you care about. Mm-hmm. So what is, is River's um position and and their responsibility to to make sure that 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 brand tailor is supported and um people really start to understand businesses brands and friends through storytelling mm-hmm. i think storytelling is incredibly powerful but it's also a very difficult skill to have absolutely particularly when people have such limited time to hear those stories mm. so we love working with river because they are great at storytelling they're great at pulling together content and they have the ability to understand what the content message needs to be um, conveyed mm. but be able to understand the different channels to which consumers want to hear that content so whether it's through a very short form video to understand a really delicious healthy vegan meal through to a, an amazing article in our magazine that really talks about the One Water Foundation that we support and the ability to be able to tell the story in different you know, form content length sorry that's a really bad way to describe it but hopefully your <laughs> listeners will understand <laughs> me it is is a really, really important skill. And we're working in collaboration with you guys here at River to make sure that the message lands no matter what the form of content is that mm-hmm. that consumer wants to connect with us on. Absolutely. I think because of your brand purpose, Cops brand purpose, there's a wealth of, of narratives and stories there to be shared, um, especially from incredible and, and inspirational community stories from people that are doing amazing things um, to create positive change in the world. So how is, um, you know, compared to um, the marketing messages of the past that Co-op have put out, how, how has that changed now? What, what does it look like at yeah. the moment? So I think, um, I think I'm incredibly proud of the team um, and the collection of agencies that we have pulled together um, that's allowed us actually probably for the first time for many, many years, maybe even decades, that we've been able to connect If you buy from co-op, it does good. And that's the simple message that we launched at our AGM in May. And also to explain the fact that we're more than just food, that we do have a funerals and we do have an insurance business. And to create a a creative construct that will allow us to do that is fundamental. Um, If you'll indulge me for a moment, you know, we have a one co-op sort of proposition, which is we believe in stronger co-op and stronger Mm. communities. So that balance of commerce and community is important. And we do that through a better way of doing business Mm -hmm. because we care about the world we share. And that world that we share is both the local community and the global community. 
And so because we're a co-op, we cooperate every day with our partners like River, our colleagues and our members because we are member owned Mm -hmm. to deliver on that promise because we're a co-op and it's what we do. Mm -hmm. That probably sounded a little bit like a speech, but it's, it's it's a really important, simple sort of paragraph that really summarizes for us what we stand for. Mm And to then get some brilliant agencies to help us to deliver that message has really unlocked for a lot of young customers as well as our existing older customers, I really get who you are and what you stand for. Fantastic. So do you see that changing in the future, the kind of content that um, we're creating at the moment and the relationship that that, um, River have with with Cup? Do you see the uh, the content that's being put out having to adapt to to a changing future and absolutely i mean i think the construct of who we are and what we stand for as i said when we first started talking is 175 years old we have now developed a a way of communicating it for today's mm-hmm. customers today's world that i think will sit with us for a while because i think it's um it's got longevity however how we connect and what's important to members will evolve right um And we need to make sure that we use all our sources of insight, whether that be the classic, you know, customer insight or influencers or just seeing what's going on in social media to make sure that where we're focusing our attention are the things that are most important Mm -hmm. to the world out there. And I think with the more and more Greta Thunbergs uh, appearing throughout the world, I think Co-op will be a more and more popular brand, um, even more so than it is at the moment. Um, So what is the current ratio between uh, brand halo messaging and promotional messaging? Yeah. So um, I actually will ban the word brand messaging (laughs) (laughs) because I think... We're in a time where marketing budgets have to work incredibly hard. Mm-hmm. And so to have a brand ad and a tactical ad actually doesn't work anymore because what happens when things are tight, the brand ad gets under threat. Yeah. What we've tried to do um, with our agencies is to actually bring those two together. So the brand thread of Stronger Co-op, Stronger Communities has to run through everything we do. It is the nuance of the percentage mix. So you cannot isolate the... We're trying not to isolate it because otherwise we're not actually delivering on our communications proposition if we have one bit does one bit, one Mm. element, one bit does another. So, for example, um, you you talked about promotional trade activity. We did a campaign over the summer around um, a deal on fair trade wine. It was more important, actually, that we talked about fair trade wine and it's 25 years of fair trade and the fact that we are the biggest seller of fair trade wine and so are doing more good to protect those farmers Mm. than it is the fact that we did the deal on the fair trade wine. Absolutely. So it's bringing those messages together that's absolutely fundamental. So whether that's, you know, doing some promotions on some grocery items, but focusing on the healthy side of things so that we're looking after and giving healthy choices to our members. That, again, is looking after communities. I think people have so much to learn from that alone because it's just constantly conveying this real strong sense of integrity and it's obviously working and people want that and people want to believe in in the brand purpose and Co-op's doing such a fantastic job. So, uh, yes, it's it's truly inspirational what Co-op are doing, I think. Um, So have you identified certain channels that work better for each kind of messages that you put out? Yes, although we're learning, and you know, you're you're very kind in your in your your previous comment in terms of we're doing really well. We've still we're still not there. We've still got a lot to learn. 
Um, you know, we have to iterate and improve every single time we do a, we do a campaign and get feedback. Um, you know, clearly, um, TV still works really, really well for us um, and will continue to be part of a plan. And the level of messaging and the content we'll have in that as a 30-second TV ad versus social media, the work we do with you on our on our on our co-op food magazine, that that will vary. Um, but but we're learning every single day mm. in terms of what we can and can't do in different channels. So have you got new channels at the moment? Yeah, a lot of our new channels are actually activations. So right. one of the things we launched last year, but we really went into this year, was festivals. Okay. So we were the first supermarket to have a pop-up shop at eight festivals this year, including Glastonbury. Wow, that's interesting. And what that does is it brings incredible quality food. We selected product that particularly was relevant for festival goers in terms of where they are from a camping perspective. Mm -hmm. The fact they want a lot of food on the go. They want a lot of water. Uh, they want some alcohol, obviously. and um, But we were able to really push with that audience um, our values messages. You know, so we had recycling there. Uh, we tested for the first time compostable sandwich bags for our sandwiches at Glastonbury because uh, we know how important the environment is to that particular organisation. So activations like that become new channels to convey messages mm. and there are lots of videos which you know river um, helped us with and um and customers put where you see at three in the morning festival goers dancing around the co-op store having the best time ever mm. and the messages that we then get back on social media or when they phone us is you made our festival we had great quality food oh, excellent we learned loads about your brand mm. and you remember a brand experience when you learn about it in a situation where you're having a good time. Mm. So that's really interesting that, that you, you get that feedback, which is, is fantastic to hear. So is the way you shape your brand and your content channels, is that massively influenced through the feedback you get from social media? Absolutely. As a democracy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there isn't a blueprint now. Yeah. <laughs> you've got you've got to learn. You've got to test and trial, and you know we'll, we'll get some things wrong and we'll get some things right, and mm -hmm. we have to constantly iterate. Definitely. Obviously, the results suggest that the new approach is working. Um, as we've discussed, and you said there's some room to to improve, and you want to you want to change things and you know, focus things more on creating that single directional channel to combining those two two different areas of your brand purpose. But is it too soon to attribute this growth to the marketing campaigns or do you believe it has already had an impact? So I think, as you said, with 22 consecutive quarters of growth, we are um, growing, um, but it's getting harder. Uh, you know, the food um, grocery market is incredibly competitive. Um, our growth is coming from the fact that we are in a sector that's already growing, i.e. convenience. That's growing at a faster rate than than, than other parts of the grocery market. Um, we are opening new stores. We're refitting stores. We are opening stores where we know that there are our customer base that want our product offer. We are investing in service in stores. And we are doing things, as I said, that make a difference in communities. Our role from a commerce perspective is to make sure people know about that. And it's also vital that we make it relevant and the way we're doing this is we're doing national campaigns to get economies of scale and efficiencies, but we are localizing as much as possible. So what was amazing about when we launched the campaign in May, as I talked about in terms of co-op, it's what we do. If you went to the cinema to watch your favorite movie, we probably would have had one of our ads there. 
And we would have talked about when you buy co-op food, it does good. And at the, on the end frame, we would have listed the local community cause that, that where that cinema is. So you could see exactly what you were impacting if you went and bought a co-op sandwich or a co-op um, ready meal or a co-op pizza. Wow. You could see it. So that then connects you emotionally to something that's very close to you. Yeah, and empowers a, a customer as well, having that knowledge and exactly. being able to control So we buy. fed that through in digital, out of home, you know, every area where we can do that geo-targeting, mm -hmm. we did that because we really believe, and the feedback we've had from our customers is that the relationship they have with co-op is that local co-op, mm. as opposed to we're a big national chain. All about the community, local communities. So you're finding from that campaign you are getting more uh, customer um, interaction, more customer responses? Yeah, uh, our footfall, footfall is up. Um, our brand metrics are up. Mm. So the campaign is helping to drive our quality message, our value for money message. We are the wo most well-known brand now um, in terms of the question, uh, a company that uses their profits to do good. Um, our brand positivity is the highest it's been since we've been measuring it. And the fact that we do good in local communities has gone up from uh, an awareness level of 11% to 19%. Fantastic. So are your customers giving you any more direct feedback than, than they used to? All the time. All the, could you share any of that feedback back um, with us? I think, I think a really brilliant example was a social campaign that we did about our compostable carrier bag. So we were the first... Um, national uh, grocery retailers to launch a compostable bag. Um, and sorry, I'm going to go into a little bit of technical on here, so do forgive Please me. Do. But at the moment, um, a single-use carrier bag, there is a levy that the government charges, which was a brilliant initiative to help start reducing single-use carrier bags. So if you um, have a single-use carrier bag, you have to pay 5p. Um, and we donate that 5p to our local community fund. So again, we're using that to do good. If you use a compostable bag, um, that is great, but the compostable bags are only accepted by certain councils to use for food waste. So we created it, we put it into all the stores where uh, compostable uh, waste recycling was available from the local council. And then we went out there and we did a social post with a video that linked to the ad that we were running. And we thanked and tagged all those councils that were accepting it to say, you are really helping to reduce plastic. You're really helping to save the planet. Thank you for working with us. And then we talked about if any other supermarket or business would like access to the technology around this compostable bag, it's open. Fantastic. What consumers then did was to thank that local council. So suddenly a local council was getting a lot of positivity, which probably doesn't happen every day. <laughs> so that's great. So the local councils were then tweeting back. But then other customers were going, well, hang on a minute. My local council doesn't accept it. So they were then tagging their local council going, why is it that my mum's council does it? And so she's able to do food waste in the compostable bag, mm. but I can't. Can we do it? As a result of that, more councils are phoning us up to say, hey, can we learn more about this? What can we do together? How can we help each other? Mm. And so we've had, I think it's over 10 councils contact us in the last few weeks to say, we're really interested in knowing more. 
Fantastic. I mean, not only is that a, a, an incredible marketing campaign, but also it's kind of like a, a virus of positivity spreading across yeah. everyone. Stronger co-op, wonderful. stronger communities. Exactly. It's about them working hand in hand. Fantastic. Um, so looking ahead, what is your dream outcome and where will this marketing approach lead um, for the community and, and, and the business? So I think ultimately, um, I'm not naive enough to think that we're there and we've done it. This is this is a long journey. This is a three to five year journey. But um, I believe if we continue to communicate this and have the proof points, this is not just about words that we're saying, this is about actions. If we can continue to build on these um, campaigns, build on these activities, I think more customers will come towards us and will spend more with us. Mm-hmm. What that means is we then have more money that we can reinvest back into doing more good so we can really start to make a positive change. So what we're trying to create is a circle of reciprocity. So the more that people come to us, the more we can do good, the more it makes them love us and Mm -hmm. understand the benefit it's having in the local community and then they spend with us more. And then I think if we can then take some of those values to help other like-minded businesses do that as well, Mm -hmm. then it's only going to help for a better world because – it is a kind of a bizarre place we're in at the moment. Mm, absolutely. Um, so for the sort of nuts and bolts of it, what are Coop doing at the moment to enforce that change and that outcome? Um, I think it's around a mindset of ensuring that the messages that we have have the balance between the two. Mm. I think we've also structured ourselves quite differently internally in terms of the way that the different marketing teams work in a in an agile collaborative group so that we are sharing learnings of what works in this campaign can help with that campaign. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot more integration and collaboration as opposed to a traditional siloed marketing department department or, or a business that has a group where one marketing department for one business unit sits over here, right. the other one sits over there. We're coming together a lot more. And what that does is it means we're sharing best practice, but we're also much ad, much more agile and learning faster and mm-hmm. hopefully innovating faster. Right. So have you had to undergo any team or agency restructures? Yeah. So we did, uh, we just decided to go pitch-tastic actually uh, about six months ago. So we changed our lead creative agencies to Lucky Generals, where we had a number of lead agencies um, who all those lead agencies did a fantastic job. Um, I don't want anybody to feel they didn't, but actually having one agency that could help develop that one co-op brand proposition mm-hmm. and make sure we have that consistency was fundamental. We also moved from having two media agencies into one, uh, which then gave us that continuity and that um, integration, but also a step change in terms of our access to data and how we use that data. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've consolidated about 17 small creative agencies into to one big super hub, I would say, wow. with an amazing business called ITG, um, who are bringing you know, world-class technology as well as incredible efficiency and creativity. So those three changes coupled with uh, our two sort of key existing um, content businesses, Amaze and yourselves here at River, that creates a much tighter team Mm. for the broader marketing department to work in so it's easier to be agile and consistent. Wonderful. Um, so talking about the, the, the sort of market in general and, and, and for listeners who perhaps want to um, redefine their brand, rebrand themselves, um, what do you think are the ingredients for a genuinely good Halo brand? If I knew that, I'd set up my own agency and make loads of money. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I, think it's, I think it's being true to do your DNA of your business. Mm. You, can't, you can't create something out of nothing. Mm. I was incredibly lucky when 
sat down and started the journey on how we were going to define what the one co-op customer proposition was, that we had the heritage of 175 years. The challenge was, was to make it relevant for the next 175 years. Right. And that can be quite a challenge. Yeah. So you can go back to the Rochdale Pioneers and there's a museum in Rochdale where you can actually go and see all the work that they did. There's lots of books. We've got an amazing sort of archive. And it's how you look at that and interpret the essence of it and make mm. it relevant. And we actually use the analogy. And if anybody has chance to, uh, there's a, 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 I think it's Co-op Norway or Co-op Denmark, apologies to the Scandinavians if I've got it wrong. But they did an amazing ad where uh, they talked about if some incredibly bright people in California were to set up a concept of a cooperative or a member-owned business, what would it be like? So using that future thinking um, to make sure that you bring the DNA and the heritage of the co-op, but talk about it and position it in a way that's relevant for the next 175 years. That was the key approach for us. Right, right. Look ahead, but maintain your integrity, I suppose. So uh, do you feel the business leaders, um, you know, because the, um, the importance of messages um, is more and more prevalent, um, do you think the business leaders are more invested in, in the outcome now? Um, I think they should be. I think it's 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 a real balance because you you've still got to hit your your bottom line numbers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I think at the co-op because we're member owned, we can make sure that we create that balance. Um, but you know, I urge any chief customer officer, marketing director, whatever the title may be, to make sure that you, that you're finding time and money to invest in the brand and invest in the medium mm-hmm. to long term. So, how's the way that you that you measure? Um, uh, your success at the moment has that changed at all Um, and what range of KPIs yeah so I think I think it's really important to have the right mix of what I call lead and lag indicators so really understanding brand sentiment really understanding um, you know what customers are saying about you and then understanding that link then with ultimate sort of business business Mm. success Um, a great way to really know what's going on is ask the people at the front line who talk to your customers Right, of course. You know, really talking to your colleagues. Colleagues can often tell you what is wrong and what is working. Mm -hmm. And so we have invested a lot in how we connect with our colleagues. We have regular listening groups. We have regular hackathons. Um, So when we're developing, uh, whether it be, you know, uh, content campaigns, marketing campaigns or new new, uh, ways of working, getting the teams in to work through the problems with us. Um, They just have brilliant ideas that fused with the um, the experts in in, in, our, in our main office in Manchester, that's where the magic really happens. I imagine you find that they're quite passionate about forwarding that, that feedback to you as well. They're very passionate about what they do. Fantastic. So, Ali, thank you so much for, for coming and speaking with us. It's been fascinating uh, hearing all about the co-op, what the co-op's been up to and, and, and the future of co-op and, and uh, the sort of market generally and you've provided some fantastic advice for our listeners who want to create a better brand and, and um, a strong a halo brand um, so thank you so much and I hope we get to speak to you again soon um, do you have any any final words or anything that you'd like to share with our, our listeners uh, no but go shop in your local co-op <laughs> fantastic advice <laughs> thank you so much <laughs> thank you
information overload is filter failure. I'm so sick of being told something changed right in front of their eyes. Enough is enough. Like, I'm not getting worse from this point. How are the guys at Barcelona training? How are the guys at Man United training instead of just staying in the bubble? A growing number of big brands are communicating with their customers through podcasts, helping engage on a whole new level. Podcast listeners create strong trust with brands through podcasts. 76% of UK listeners have acted on a podcast ad. Listenership is growing across all age groups, notably in young adults aged 15 to 24, with around one in five now listening to podcasts every week. Growing statistics like this prove that podcasts are a medium not to be ignored. So, what's stopping you bringing your brands to the conversation? Yeah. River Sounds is a division of the River Group. We work with companies globally to create and distribute original podcasts to augment their branding and marketing efforts. We leverage existing content, such as blogs and social media, to design, plan, create and distribute high-quality podcasts. We focus on creating podcasts that increase brand awareness, aid in customer education and help support customer retention. It's time for your brand to make some noise. River Sounds, bring your brand to the conversation. conversation.